Welcome back to Money Minutes for Doctors. Once again, I am your host, Christina McAteer, and on behalf of Brown Emergency Medicine and the Brown EM blog, we welcome you to Money Minutes for Doctors, the financial podcast, which will hopefully give you financial wellness. Our featured guest is Catherine Vesnes. How are you, Catherine? I'm having another great day, and I love being with you and getting to talk to all of our listeners about things that are going to help their financial future. Perfect. Well, one topic that's been on my mind is fellowship. I work in an academic department, and growing up in an academic setting, there are a lot of residents that are inclined to do fellowship. There are also an increasing number of options in emergency medicine fellowship, which can make it really fun and exciting as well. My question that I was hoping to answer is, how does one make the financial decision of whether or not fellowship is the right fit for them? Oh my gosh, a loaded question. <laughs> With 20 sub questions within it. <laughs> exactly. And first of all, I think, yes, we're going to be talking a lot about the financial pieces, but I don't think that needs to be the only part of this discussion. So in general, I want our doctors to be as happy as possible. So if we think a fellowship is going to put you in uh whether it's an academic setting or a clinical setting, that you're going to enjoy your work more, you're going to enjoy the people around, you're going to enjoy your patients more, and therefore you're going to be happier, you're going to have a less stressful life, you're going to be able to work longer, then I think that's a a good thing and one way to be thinking about this. Absolutely. I think that quality of life has to trump all. Exactly. What I do see a lot, though, and this makes me really, really sad, is some doctors getting a fellowship that just postpones them getting to the big girl or the big boy job. It postpones them making a regular income and actually puts them in a lot more financial stress. And I, this is very, very troubling. Yes. Have you, have you probably seen that too? Well, I know in prior podcasts, we've talked a lot about the amount of student debt that a typical resident finishes with and the weight that that student debt really carries lifelong. So one thing I was really hoping to understand is if you're a resident and say you have $500,000 in debt, you may be considering a fellowship, really having an understanding of the financial repercussions of delaying that big boy paycheck as you report for an additional year or three years. And I will add that the caveat, of course, is within emergency medicine, fellowships often do not change your day-to-day job description, job duties, and nor do they change the paycheck. That is a huge point, huge point. And I want to add, um, a couple years ago, we were working with tons of pediatric and uh, docs who then went on to do a, a year or two fellowship to get infectious disease. And one day, one of them walked into my office and he handed me this horrible article. I can still remember this vividly because a pediatrician that gets uh, goes into fellowship for ID actually ends up making less money than a straight pediatrician makes. Oh my gosh, that's hard to believe that that's a reality. More training, more educated, and less money. Exactly. And it was it was really horrifying. I'm thinking, I hope you really, really have enjoyed this. And it's interesting now, because I'm like 10 years working in with, with some of these doctors, some of them don't seem to be doing as much ID work now. They're doing more pediatric work. And the, so it can have a huge impact. 
So let's talk about a couple of things that our listeners should be considering. Do you have a high level of student debt? And are you on a public service loan forgiveness track? Because in that situation, I have seen it actually pay off to have a couple more years at a lower pay where you're paying less towards your student loans, and then you're getting a couple more years under your belt, getting closer to the point in time when your debt is going to be forgiven. So in that situation, sometimes that can be a check mark on the column of, yes, we should go ahead with, with the fellowship. And I think that's an excellent point. Right. So that's one of the things that we need to consider. Um, I always like to do the math for clients because I think it's very helpful uh, to, to take a look at it. Let's see what happens if we have to postpone that big boy, big girl paycheck for a couple years. What does that do to your long-term plans of being financially independent? Some people would call that retirement. And some of the cold hard facts are it means it's going to be pushing out your retirement years a couple of years. And that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because when you talked a lot about how important it is to save early, that even if you save more later in life, you just simply can't make up for that lost amount of time. So if we need, if we find ourselves in a position where we need to save early, does that one year, two years, three years really matter in the long game? Yeah, it can have a huge impact. Of you know, if you have an extra five or ten thousand dollars in your plans early on, and it's got you know thirty years to mature. Even if it's only got twenty-seven years to mature, it can have significantly less money. So that's a, a big thing to to take a look at. But another way I like to what I call run the numbers is what kind of income could you make this year if you got out, got that big boy job, and what kind of income would you have in two years or whatever when you have um, the fellowship under your belt? And sometimes that's, it's not, and to your point, in emergency med, I'm hard pressed to think of any emergency med fellowship that impacts their income at all. Yeah. And that has to be part of the consideration and calculation. Absolutely. Because like I said, we're now two years or a year that we, before we get that big girl job and that can have a huge, huge impact. So I'm thinking if it really changes your quality of life, for example, you're doing less overnights or, (laughs) you know, you really enjoy the teaching. So it gives you more time with residents or students, then perhaps I could see how that argument really would carry more weight. But again, in emergency medicine, particularly, it often doesn't seem to change the day-to-day duties. And so that's why I think you have to really take strong consideration before signing on the fellowship line. Would totally agree with with that. Now there's another, excuse me, and there's another situation that you might want to consider. I would say maybe eight, 10 years ago, we were working with a ton of pediatric radiologists and they were all graduating and they had no jobs. And I think that was because the older radiologists had really gotten, their portfolios had gotten hammered in 08. They hadn't saved enough. So when you were expecting these older radiologists to retire, they were hanging on to their jobs for dear life because they needed the money. And that meant there was no place for these younger uh, pediatric radiologists. So I had a whole bunch of them that took an extra year or two uh, of an additional fellowship. They got some additional skills. And then by the time they got out in two years, the job market had completely changed. 
they not only had additional skills, they had a better resume, a vitae under their belt, and they picked up some great jobs by waiting a year or two to be able to get into the job market. So once again, another factor to consider. And I think that is also very timely because with the recent COVID pandemic, or I guess the ongoing COVID pandemic would be the right way to say that, we are finding that there has been a huge change in the hiring plans for EM docs across the nation. Um, A lot of times folks had their hours cut. The existing groups were not choosing to bring on new faculty at this time. And so a lot of graduating residents last year, this year, who traditionally would be walking into a ripe job market were walking into a pretty barren landscape. And so perhaps that reality makes fellowship a little more attractive. Right. A year or two, things are likely to be different. And particularly, once again, if we can find that particular fellowship that's going to make them more employable, um, better quality of life. I do want to hit a little bit on this quality of life issue because I think most of our doctors haven't thought about that very much. So when when I started focusing entirely on doctors, which as you know now is a little over 10 years ago, Um, very often we would look at getting disability insurance or life insurance for them. And then I'd have to ask them some health questions. And one of the huge shocks for me personally early on was how many of my doctors were on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds, at least 50% of them. And at the same time, I'm asking questions like, well, when would you like to be financially independent? And I'd have these 30 32-year-old docs, 35-year-old doctors going yesterday, or I can't work past 50. And it was really a shock for me to see, A, how stressed they were, how medicated they were, and how incredibly unhappy they were. So this goes back to what we were talking about early, Christy. If that fellowship can get you into a career that you're so much happier with, you're going to be healthier physically. You're going to be able to sleep better at night and you're going to last a lot longer. And that to me is worth all the financial uh, rewards possible. I couldn't agree with you more there. Obviously physician burnout has been a huge topic in the last several years and in during the COVID crisis has not helped that in the least. And I know we chatted about this offline, how many colleagues are really just barely hanging on but truly miserable in their work, <laughs> do not look forward to going into shifts um, and really struggling to, to keep it all together and, and going forward in these unprecedented times. So yes, I hear you. Doctors are feeling it. There's no doubt about it. Well, and my heart goes out to them in so many ways. And part of it is I've been there in my own personal life. And it's take, it took me a number of years to get to the point where I really love what I do and it's so much fun. And every day I get to change doctors' lives for the better. And I only have people around me that I love working with because I get to hire them and I get to fire them. right? But our clients, our doctors don't have that level of freedom. But I still want to get to that level of happiness and joy. It's just it's life-changing. And like I said, I've been on the other side, so I really understand it. Well, I think it speaks a lot to just how modern medicine or the practice of modern medicine has changed. So it sounds like if you're considering fellowship, not only do you need to look at how your job description is going to change, the implications on your ability to save and retire for the long-term game, but really also your mental 
feelings and emotional state um, throughout your career, as you point out. And then I guess ultimately even making a calculated guess as to where the field of medicine is going to go and how you can best position yourself so that you can be in a position to do well with this ever-changing landscape and not get sucked into this dysfunction. Does that make sense, Catherine? Well, it does. And once again, my own private life is is obviously different than our doctors, but I have this law degree and I never dreamed this law degree would be this ticket to adventure. I've had the most amazingly wonderful career. I mean, I, one time I was a prosecutor and I put bad guys in jail. I've had times that I did defense work and I kept the bad guys out of jail. You know, I was legal counsel to Gerald Ford and this very prestigious board of directors when I was working with this big, big mutual fund company. I've done so many amazing things. And I think that our doctors should think about their medical license is this ticket to adventure. And how can they use this to be able to do these things that are both fulfilling and financially rewarding and not stressful? I like it. Ticket to adventure. That sounds like something that you can sign me up for. (laughs) Ticket to adventure. I've been so blessed. Um, There is another thing that that I wanted to bring up. And that is, I see a lot of young doctors are kind of buying into um, the mindset that an academic environment for them is like better than a non-academic environment, than a straight clinical environment. And I'm really struck by this because that academic environment, as you well know, is going to pay a lot less than a straight clinical environment. And in the end of the day, I think the doctors I have that are the happiest are ones that own their own practice at some level. That and the pediatricians. For some reason, the pediatricians are just also very happy. But my doctors who are part of a practice where they actually have some level of control over how the practices run and their own lives, that sense of control, I think, just brings them a, a higher level of happiness and job satisfaction. So I'm saying this to think, I want you to think outside the box to our listeners. Don't feel like you have to go into academics. You know, you might think about a path into straight clinical medicine. You're going to be blessing a lot of people and it might be better for your emotional well-being and even your financial well-being in the long run. I think that's always a good point of reflection. And I would encourage our listeners to understand that if you're in academic medicine, it's not only checking the boxes for your clinical practice and what you need to keep that strong and healthy, but now you've really got to check the boxes for your academic career as well. So it adds on a whole nother layer of productivity, but yet attentiveness and organization to make sure that things are on track to reach those academic goals that you've set for yourself. Exactly. So just some very, very rough numbers. And obviously these are going to vary a lot depending upon what part of the country you are and how far you are in your career. But I can have emergency med docs and academic medicine making, you know, close to 300 or so. But I can have emergency med docs that, that own their own practice that are getting better retirement benefits, all sorts of other nice um, perks, and they're going to be making over 400000 So that, you've got to think about that. Is that $100,000 a year difference worth it? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Same thing with orthopedic surgeons. I can have an orthopedic surgeon in an academic session, the setting making you know, 350,000, 
private practice after seven years, they might be over a million. Radiologists, same thing. I can have radiologists and more academics, maybe 350, but I can have radiologists who are in their own practice and their partners making 750 a million dollars a year. That's a huge gap. So really think about that as, as you're pondering whether or not academics are a, a good path for you. And I guess to share the point that oftentimes following into a fellowship after your residency will lead you to an ultimate academic career. Now, that's not always the case. And certainly I'm speaking to emergency medicine because that's my experience. And so I could foresee, for example, if you did an ultrasound fellowship and then you went into the community, you could be the ultrasound you know, expert for your group or something like that. But oftentimes, if you're doing a fellowship in medical education, for example, or disaster medicine or public health or some of the other options that are on the table, it does mean that you are far more likely to be working in an academic center going forward. Therefore, it's not just the financial decision of foregoing the salary up front and the long-term consequence of not having that income and savings but also the reality of accepting a lower salary lifelong. I love working with you. You are so great at summing up these ideas. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Just trying to keep it real, keep everybody on the same page here. (laughs) All right. Well, if you're considering a fellowship, I think it's a wonderful gift of service and hopefully a gift to yourself. In general, I would say all of us that are in medicine The fact that they've pledged their lives to the services of others is an undeniable gift and a wonderful way to lead your life. So please do not think that I'm negative on medicine at all. I just want you to go into this fellowship decision with your eyes wide open. I think that's true. And one last thing is if you're having trouble sorting through the math of the numbers, that's where your financial advisor should be able to help you. And sometimes I think it's just helpful looking at Uh, the pros and cons kind of mathematically. It's not the only decision, as I mentioned before, but it's one thing that should be part of your uh, decision process. Perfect. So to sum it up, I would say let's be clear on what our end career goal is so that we know if a fellowship is a necessary stage. And if it is really understanding the financial implications in terms of the salary you're foregoing now, the potential salary changes that you might have to tolerate long-term and tying all of that into your quality of life and your life goals, because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. Once again, very well stated. All right. Well, listeners, we thank you for tuning in today. Another episode of Money Minutes for Doctors. And Ms. Catherine, thank you once again for your expertise. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to leave them in the show notes. Otherwise, we look forward to tuning in next month for another episode. Be well. Get a good job with more pay than